G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Paul even confronted that as well. He said, okay, now that I know that all these things I'm not supposed to do, now I've got this internal struggle because the things that I don't want to do, I do. Mm. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our last program, we started looking at some of the perpetual and eternal laws that God gave his people. From those, it would seem that God's laws were meant to last forever. But this seems to contradict much of what we've been taught from the New Covenant. In this program, we're going to look more closely at why God gave the law in the first place. Yeah, we actually read a lot of scriptures, and there are so many more, actually. If you do a search on an online Bible, you discover there were vastly more places where God gave instructions and said that they were perpetual, that they were permanent, that they were eternal, or they were forever, or to last all the generations. And so then it's very, very difficult then to sort of say, well, you don't need the law anymore. In, in fact, to the Jewish mind... When a Christian says, oh, you don't need to be under the law, you know, you can be free of all of that, mm. they kind of go, well, that's actually completely opposite to what God has actually told us in the Word. Yeah. So it, it's hard to try to reconcile that for them because he didn't say there would be a use-by date when you won't need them anymore. Yeah, that's right. And we also looked at a lot of the covenants. And again, seeing that all of the different covenants, they were all eternal and unconditionally, except for one, the Mosaic Covenant, mm. which was the ceremonial sacrificial system where God said, you do this and you do that, but if you don't, then all these consequences are going yeah. to happen. So I guess the question that still remains to be answered is, what was the purpose of the law? <laughs> In 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. You know the history. You, you read the Genesis. You know the history that the Hebrews, the Jewish people, were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. But prior to that, they were simply a large family made up of dad, his wives, their children, some grandchildren, and they had to escape the famine that was very severe in Canaan, and they went to Egypt, lived in the land of Goshen. By the time they escaped, after 400 years of slavery, they had become a nation. Mm. And they were probably at least a million strong. So they went in as a family. They came out as a nation. Now, while they knew that the God of their fathers existed, they didn't actually know him. Like They didn't know him the way Abraham did or mm. Isaac did or Jacob did. They just knew that history, but they didn't actually know him for themselves. But for 400 years, the only religious system that they had been able to observe was that of the paganism of Egypt. Millions of gods for this, that and the other and different forms of gods and different ways of worshipping God. So they didn't know what God's standards were. They, hadn't, they had no idea. They were absolutely clueless. 
no idea what his ethics or his morals were. And that's why it was actually so easy for them to fall back into paganism when they were in the wilderness. Mm. Moses was taking too long as far as they were concerned to come down after meeting with God, so they got into pagan worship. Mm. They, they made a golden calf, for goodness sake, yeah. and called it Yahweh, thinking yeah. that was okay. Because I guess that was all that they had known, really, from their time there in Egypt. Yeah, I mean... You know, if that's all you know, and the man of God who's leading you, I mean, they'd seen the demonstration of God's power to get them out of Egypt with all the plagues. They still didn't know him. They didn't know what his standards were. They had no clue. So I guess there really are a number of different reasons why God gave his law to the people. Yeah, there are a number. First of all, by giving the law, it revealed God, Yahuwah, was that he was completely, totally different to the gods that they had observed in Egypt. He has no peer. None of the Egyptian gods were able to do the miracles or ha- ex- you know, reveal the power that God did. Uh, there's no comparison, no equal. And he alone is God. None of the gods of the nations compare to him at all. They don't come close. Number two, it revealed that God's standards and expectations are incredibly high and lofty. Mm. They had heard nothing like this. And, you know, to approach him, they had to come to him the way God said to come to him. Um, They had to suddenly try to measure up to God. Well, you know, they found out very quickly Mm. that they couldn't. His holiness, his perfection, his purity, no parallel, nothing to compare. So it revealed that to them. And it also revealed just how far away and sinful that they actually were. They suddenly realized that this God is... He's almost untouchable and unreachable, although he's very personal, mm. unlike the rest of the gods of Egypt. He was very approachable because he revealed himself through fire, through miracles, through the cloud, uh, the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire as he led them through the wilderness. He was. He said. He even told them, he says, you be, don't you leave your refuse and your garbage around because I walk amongst you mm. in, in, the, um, in the camps. You know, he, he, was, he was so beyond what they had known. But in order to know what he's like, he had to he had to give them a way of revealing that to them. Mm. And that came in the law. That's right. Well, and the Apostle Paul talks about this, of course, in Romans. He spends a fair bit of time looking at the law and its purpose. And in Romans 7, 7, Paul says, What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I wouldn't have come to know sin except through the law. For I wouldn't have known about coveting if the law hadn't said, You shall not covet. Precisely. So basically, by the giving of the law, God was able to let the people know all this stuff that you do in your everyday lives is absolutely categorically against me. Because mm. here's the thing. I mean, Paul mentioned coveting. So if you don't know that coveting is a sin, are you still guilty of it if you covet? Well, you, you are. You've actually still committed yeah. it. It's like saying, well, I didn't know it was wrong to kill my neighbor. So therefore, I'm not guilty of killing my neighbor if mm. I've just slit his throat. You still are actually guilty of, of the sin, but you just didn't know that you were guilty. Yeah. But now God has said, what you just did, that's a sin. Now you know. And so the, the point of that was, well, now that you know, you won't do it. Mm. But you do. Well, that's right. We <laughs> still do. That's human nature, which is where Jesus comes in, because otherwise we'd be you know, up the creek without the proverbial paddle. <laughs> Precisely. That, and that's the problem. That's the absolute problem. And Paul even confronted that as well. He said, okay, now that I know that all these things I'm not supposed to do, now I've got this internal struggle, 
because the things that I don't want to do, I do, mm. and the things that I do want to do, I don't do. Yeah. And in fact, when he goes on and explains it, that's actually in Romans chapter 7, he gets to verse 25 after explaining this internal struggle that he has as a sinful person, and he goes, oh, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? Yeah. He's so frustrated because he's expressing what we all feel. We, yeah. we now have this demand placed on us through the law. You can't do all of these things because it's sinful and it puts you at odds with God and it brings you under judgment. You become a lawbreaker. Mm. How many laws do you have to break in order to be considered a lawbreaker? Mm. Only one. Exactly. And yeah. so therefore that brings judgment. Well, what do we do when we're driven by this sinful nature? Yeah. Well, I guess it, I've heard it said that the law is a mirror. You know, it mm-hmm. provides that mirror. That you look at it and you think, oh, I've broken God's law. Or I've, I've failed his standards. Exactly. It doesn't make us ugly. It just shows us that we are. You know, so that's the purpose of the law. The purpose of the law is to let us know just how sinful we actually are. Because we've got to have a solution to this. Mm. It's not just enough to have the law reveal to us that we're sinful, but it, it's got to lead us somewhere. And Paul said in Romans 8, 1 to 4, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death, which is the consequences that we so rightly deserve. For what the law couldn't do, because it was just revealing to us what was inside of us, weak as it was through the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, And as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Now, that sounds very complicated, but basically what that means is is that the law reveals to us how sinful we are, how wretchedly sinful we are. Once we know that, we suddenly cry out to God because we know we can't make it on our own. Mm. And then when we come under the law of Christ... We're set free from that sin, from that wretched sin that just destroys us and drives us. But because we're coming under Christ who died in our place, basically what happens is the law requires a just penalty when a lawbreaker contravenes the law. So by Christ putting himself in our place, righteous justice has actually been satisfied. The law is now satisfied because the penalty has been paid but it was paid by an innocent, which means the innocent person, as we know, couldn't be destroyed by it. He's alive, you know. He conquered it. Mm. We're now set free from the consequences of it. But does that mean we no longer have to, you know, respect it or have consideration for it? No, it's not saying that. And it's also not saying that we now have to obey everything because we can't do that. Mm. I know it sounds really complicated. I, I, I get that. But basically, the purpose of the law is to let us know how sinful we are. It's a, the gospel message in a nutshell, mm. really. But uh, we'll continue looking at the role of the law when we continue this topic next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.